Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. Make sure this is on. Good morning. This is uh, Blended Families Ministry, Lesson 7. We're coming from the Dream City Church. Uh, Glendale location, and um, Larry is going to be teaching the first lesson on step parenting skills. Here's Larry. Good morning, everybody. Uh, this is the first of three lessons where we'll be dealing with parenting, uh, step parenting, actually. This is blended families, after all. So... We're going to focus on this. In this lesson, we'll be focusing mostly on the blessings of parenthood uh, in general and being a step-parent in particular. So I have seen numerous occasions, especially on Facebook, where people will comment that blended families aren't biblical. And that kind of annoys me. I mean, that's, that's our ministry, right? Blended families. So we'd like to point out a, a few famous step-parents. Uh, probably one of the most famous would be Joseph, the stepfather to Jesus. Jesus was not his biological son, but he raised him as, as if he were. Uh, and then we see Mordecai, who became a stepfather even though he was actually an uncle, he raised Esther after her parents uh, died. And another famous one would be Pharaoh's daughter. She actually raised Moses as her own. Uh, We see Exodus 2, verse 10, in the New King James, it just says... uh, And the child grew, and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. So she called his name Moses, saying, because I drew him out of the water. Now, his actual mother, because there was a decree to kill all the firstborn males uh, of the Hebrews, uh, Moses' birth mother, uh, kind of like to say, sent him down the river. Uh, she put him in a basket and set him in the river and let him float down and it was you know just God's will that somebody would find him and it was one of Pharaoh's daughter's maidens uh, out there I don't know if they were bathing or whatever but one of them heard him making some noises in his little basket and went and found him and brought him to Pharaoh's daughter and uh, she just took him in as her own and raised him up so we have some rather famous stepfathers, uh, well, even a stepmother uh, to look at. And there are others, but those are three of the, the bigger ones. Okay, now uh, for purposes of the class, I like to kind of differentiate between the words mother and father and mom and dad. So. Just for the purposes of the class, I will normally be referring to mother slash father as the biological parents, and mom and dad as the person that does the raising. So it could be the bio parent, it could be the step parent, but it's the one that's doing the work, or at least the big share of it. All right? Okay, now. Uh, as as much as children are a gift from God, it is vital to remember that so is your spouse. Your spouse will most likely be around a lot longer than your kids. 
generally how it works. And as we discussed in the very first lesson, what is a godly marriage? The marriage relationship has to have a higher priority than the parent-child relationship, especially in a blended family. Your job as parents is to demonstrate to your children how to be godly spouses and parents. That's your job, to show the kids how to do marriage in a godly way and to show them how to parent. I mean, you're going to create in them a, and we talked about a couple of lessons ago, three or four, about whose normal is normal. You want them to have a godly normal, right? So they don't have to relearn everything later in life. Um, okay, so even if it's a yours, mine, and ours situation, there really needs to be one set of rules for all the kids. Uh, Carol experienced what happens when you have rules for mine, rules for yours, and eventually there was an hours and a, a whole other set of rules. Uh, it really creates a lot of havoc. Uh, there's jealousy that gets involved. You know, one set of kids, well, you know, that's not fair. It's like Christmas presents were always more for his kids. Yeah. Uh, yeah, especially yeah. like around the holidays, yeah. you would find, you know, like birthdays. It was the, the bio parent, the mother, the father would treat their kids a little better or maybe a lot better than the other kids. Right. So that just creates a lot of uh, disharmony in the house. Well, again, it brings back to if it was a godly house, because it was not. Right. It would never have been that way. Right. It's what does God say about this, and it's one set of rules for the for everybody. Yeah. It's appropriate, but still. sure. But it, it's God's rules. Right. That's what we're looking for. Right. right. Uh, we talked about the normals uh, in the other class, and you know you. You have a normal, which is everything you've learned over your lifetime. The other party has one, and all their, you know, their history is totally different. And that doesn't make either one of them right or wrong. The whole point, though, when you become a blended family and you're creating a new family, it's a, a new marriage, new relationships for everybody, it's very important to realize that we're going to operate under God's rules and our, whatever our normals were in the past, we need to try to get them to be more Christ-like normals. Okay. Um, so it needs to be one set of rules for all. It's, and it's our house, our rules, because you know, a lot of times your kids aren't at your house. And hopefully they listen to you and you've taught them well so that they still behave appropriately even at the other house. But as we know, many of the other houses have no rules right. at all, <laughs> right? So your house is so strict and so unfair and things like that. So, uh, you know, many couples have come to us with those issues where you know, they, they try to instill discipline in their house during the week, and then on the weekend, the kid goes to the other house, and there's no rules at all. And then they go nuts, and then they come back, and they got to relearn everything for the first day or two. So, it, you know, and then it repeats itself the next week. So it's round and round about that. Uh, again, with shared custody, it needs to be our house, our rules. You and your spouse have to communicate and agree on parenting issues so that you can have the power and authority to lead your children, as it says in Proverbs, in the way they should go. Uh, it is in Proverbs, I forget which chapter it is, but it, you know, train them up in the way they should go, and when they are old, they shall not depart from it. Which, a couple of years ago, I realized it sort of implies that 
that when they're young, they will depart. Hopefully they make it to old so that they don't depart from it. <laughs> um, okay, generally, children under 12 blend easier than kids 12 and over. And, you know, there's obviously lots of exceptions to that. The younger the children, the more they want to be part of something. And after they become like teenagers, they really don't want to be part of anything that's yours. They want to be themselves. They want to be with their friends. They don't like you anymore. They hate you because you make them do things they don't want to do. And they think we don't know anything. <laughs> oh, of course. They know everything. Yes. So that's when they really should get their own place, you know, <laughs> when they know everything. Right? <laughs> they pay for their own cell phones. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they know everything, so let them take care of it. But, no, really, it's, you get into that 10 to 12 then it, it's really kind of a crapshoot what you're going to get. Kids are all different. But once they really, especially when they become teenagers, it really is tough. When you're just starting a blended family and you got teenagers, especially the younger ones, 16, 17, 18, they're already out in their mind. And they really don't want to cooperate usually. Occasionally they do, but mostly they're just fighting you on everything. Because it's when they turn 18 and they can do their own. Yeah, it, it's like it's their job to mess you up, mm-hmm. and most of them take that seriously, right? Um, yeah, they it's it's their job to test you as parents, and they will frequently do things to test the boundaries that you've given them, just to see what they can get away with. Yep. Um, and how. And they will test your will to enforce the boundaries. They keep stepping over the boundary lines to see when their foot gets smacked. They dare you. Yeah, they really do. They dare you to do something. You know, it's like it's really kind of in their in your face. Um, Older children tend to rebel more, but we'll deal with that next week when we talk more about the dark side of Mm step-parenting. This is more about the blessings. We're not going to get all into all the negative, you know, the vindictive exes and parental alienation and all that kind of stuff. That's next week. (laughs) And even at that, when we're talking about the dark side, we're going to talk mostly about how to overcome the dark side. We're not going to spend a lot of time being all negative about it. But how do you deal with the negative? Right, so we're still trying to put a positive spin on it. Okay, since this lesson is focusing on the blessings first, we're going to take a look at a whole bunch of scriptures here. Now, we have kind of like three categories here. We have blessings, and then we kind of have the responsibilities, you know, a lot of things about teaching your children. And then at the end, we'll be talking about the legacy, good and bad. If you do what you're supposed to do, you end up with a good legacy. But if you're the lazy, irresponsible parent, there are consequences. And we'll, we'll get into some of that. Um, so this will, one of these will... Let me know what the the actual scripture is for the train them up. (laughs) Uh, So we have one in Psalms, but a lot of these are going to be in Proverbs because that's where a lot of the the wisdom is, especially about raising up children and parenting and uh, all that kind of stuff. So Psalms 127.3, children are a heritage of the Lord and the fruit of the womb is his reward. So that tells us that children are a blessing. It's a good thing to have kids. Uh, it's, it's sad when you see, you know, people that would normally be grandparents are all alone. They, they never had any kids. They don't have any grandkids. Or, you know, through whatever accidents or whatever, there aren't any left. But... When you're old and there's nobody around to kind of help take care of you, that's 
That's unfortunate. Part of, you know, the generations having the children and then grandchildren is there's people around to kind of keep an eye on you, help you, help take care of you. And back in these days when all this was being written, I mean, that was just normal. People, you know, several generations of a family lived together. And that was just, that's what they did. And some cultures still do that today where right. the whole families live together. Yeah. Um, but this um, in itself, a lot of times the new spouse will come in and say, well, I can get along with her son, but I can't stand the daughter. <laughs> and you cannot pick and choose because that, again, is every child is a gift from God. Mm -hmm. If you love your spouse, you love their children as well because they are part of the spouse. Right. That will never change. They'll always be a parent. So you taking a stand like that is not helpful for the marriage, for the relationship, but it's not teaching the child the right thing either. And a lot of times we've seen the ones that the opposite spouse will point out, well, I don't want anything to do with that one, later on. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. That's the one person that is right there for that other spouse. Mm -hmm. Because it, maybe you one day you had a great day that you really paid attention to that one child. That normally you were a pain in their butt. But they remember that one day that you were extra kind to them. Mm -hmm. And they will be around to help you. So, you know, we really need to reinforce the Bible again that every child, right. every child, is a gift from God. Right. And while we're on that point, I think that would be a good time to kind of go back to what we have on the pyramid here about the marriage and then the parent-child, you know, the parent-child relationship, we're supposed to be stewards, right? The one thing that came up more often than anything in those years of doing a lot of counseling was the, the single parent who is now married felt like their children were their property. But, you know, in this class... We want people to realize that the children belong to God. They don't belong to you. You're, they've been given to you as a gift, but you're a steward, and that at some point God wants them back. Right? God wants godly offspring. He wants them to come to him through Christ and be one of his kids. But they have to make that choice at, at some point. But that was one of the things that was the most often issue reported in the couples that we counseled was the the children were too high the spouse wasn't high enough the children knew where they were above the spouse and so they didn't respect the new spouse the well, let's just say you know the mom that had the kids because the mom usually gets the kids but just for this example the mom that had the kids puts the kids above anything. Yeah, so the spouse felt... Unnecessary. Right. <laughs> but they disrespected... They were as high as they should be. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's what causes conflict. 
blending the whole family. And like we teach in the in the beginning, the the whole point here is to get the different relationships in the right priority, right? right? right. So that the household is a godly household. And if God has to be first, the marriage has to be second, then the kids are in there. And then everybody else, in-laws, outlaws, co-workers, all that stuff. But the attitude needs to be that all these kids are God's kids. And they're our kids, not yours. And, and they're ours, right. not yours, not mine. Right. They're all ours. And, but we're not owners, we're stewards. And at some point, we have to give them back. And I, that's the hard part of being a parent is giving them back, taking your hands off. Adulthood. Adulthood. Yeah. Letting the kids fall on their face if they choose to, you know. It, it's probably one of the toughest parenting things there is is to let your kid fall on their face <laughs> and deal with the consequences. But when we do it a godly way, that's what we're supposed to do. We don't keep catching them as they're falling, we let them fall, feel the pain, deal with the pain so that they learn a lesson. They understand, oh, if I do this, this happens, that hurts, I don't want to do that again. But if they never feel the pain, then there's no reason not to do it and keep doing it. So uh, we look at the next proverb here, Proverbs 23:24. The father of the righteous shall greatly rejoice... And he that begetteth a wise child shall have joy of him. So a father who is doing according to the word of God raises up a wise child. And a parent that has a wise child is very proud of that child. The child is intelligent, he's smart, does good works. He's not out causing trouble. He's not out running around all night. You know, things like that. And a father that raises a godly child is proud of that child. In most cases, anyway. We have some, well, generally speaking, a father who is not a righteous father generally doesn't raise righteous children. So he's not going to be the kind of father that greatly rejoices in whatever the kid is doing. But, uh, yeah, our job is to raise up a wise child, which then becomes a wise adult. And our, our job as parents is to raise adults, self-sufficient adults. Back in these days, they didn't have such a thing as a teenager. <laughs> Generally, uh, the bar mitzvahs, the bat mitzvahs were at age 12 or so. And after that, you were considered an adult. You made your own choices for a lot of things, and you were held accountable to what you did. Uh, Proverbs 20:11. Even a child is known by his doings, whether his work be pure and whether it be right. I can relate to that one. Uh, I grew up kind of out in the country, back in Ohio. You know, back then, people didn't have fences. You could walk across people's yards and stuff, but everybody knew whose kid you were. Right. <laughs> and you were in the wrong yard, Larry. Well, they knew who was good and who wasn't so much. The whole neighborhood knew. All right? So... The neighbors sort of held the parents accountable, who then were kind of forced to keep the kids accountable. Because that was, uh, of course, when I was growing up, Christian values and principles were more normal. That was just kind of the assumption that that's the way everybody was supposed to behave, even though a lot of people didn't. But still, everybody knew whose kid was whose. They knew who they belonged to based on what they were doing in the neighborhood. Drag racing down the street or, you know, those kind of things. Parties. 
Proverbs 17.6, children's children are the crown of old men and the glory of children are their fathers. So grandchildren are the crown of old men. Most grandpas love to show pictures of their grandkids, right? But the neat thing about grandkids is you get to spoil them and then you give them back to their parents. Um, we like to say paybacks, right? Well, yeah, that's what I tell my kids when our daughters would call and they say, you don't believe, won't believe what so-and-so did today. They did this and they did that. And I listen to all that one of them will be saying and then I just say, paybacks. <laughs> Mom, how can you say that? I never did that. Really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you don't remember. But yeah, I get to say But what this is saying is for the grandfather, grandkids are a huge blessing, right? The crown, pride and joy is the grandkids, right? But then the next part of it is the glory of children are their fathers. It's true. Different. Now, Cultures, I mean, it's such divi- so divided right now. You see how many broken homes there are. Fathers have really been taken out of yeah. the family. So many families have no father, right? So the glory of children are their fathers. If there is no father, what do the kids look up to, right? So... And if the if the father's sort of around, but he's kind of a drunk or a, he runs around all the time, that is a like a curse on the on the child. The child has to live with what the father does. the The name that the father has is what the kid has to live with. At least up to a point, you know, when the when the child is old enough to move on and not be out on his own, he can choose to do different things. But only when he's looking at God's word to be able to do that. But we see so many homes that are broken, that's why there's so many divorces, right? Mm, Satan has taken out the father. The father from like back even in the back in the especially starting about in the seventies or so. Maybe even in the sixties. Uh, you know, the TV shows in the 60s were Leave it to Beaver, Father Knows Best. You know, the father was honored. And the Waltons. Good, the Waltons. good family yeah. values. They don't have good that anymore. Christian principles, Christian values. I mean, they weren't, you know, maybe in the Waltons they'd show them actually praying at the table or something. Uh, but in the other ones, at least, the father was honored, you know. He was working, he was a provider, everybody loved him, but he was the head. And starting, like, by the time I got out of high school in the 70s, it was, you know, uh, oh, can't think of the name of the show. Well, there, there was Married with Children, Archie Bunker, you know, yeah. who... The father, now even, yeah, meathead, but with Archie, he was the head of the household, but he was a jerk. Yeah, his wife, Yeah, he he had, yeah, he was very disrespectful, and, you know, Edith was a real doofus. Dingbat. Dingbat, yeah, that's what he called her all the time. And then the son-in-law was the meathead. And and so he was was a joke. But what I saw growing up was, you know, even in my own home, my dad was the guy. He was the one who was the main provider. He was the one who delivered any punishment using the board of education in our house, (laughs) the one that had holes in it. but, you know, I was reasonably proud of my dad. You know, he had a decent job. People liked him. He was kind of funny sometimes. 
you know, he, was, he did the sports stuff, showed me how to play baseball, basketball, hunt, fish, you know, all that dad stuff. And right? guys don't take that time today. They don't have that time, a lot of them, because they're working two and three jobs oh, so yeah. the women can be at home. Um, but it's a different world out there, Larry. It sure is. And a lot of these guys don't know the values that God really has or the blessings they'll receive as parents because they don't know this teaching. That's why this teaching is so important to get out. It's not that hard to do, but they don't know the yeah. steps they're supposed right. to do. Well, they, they have no example. Right. No. There's two or three generations now that have no decent example of a dad. Right. Yeah, they're just fending for themselves. Yeah. I mean, they're out running they're around on the streets. And then they get in gangs because they're looking for family. Right. Right? They don't structure. have a family, so they end up in gangs. For structure, looking for structure, by that's what it means. Structure. Yeah, yeah that's, that's really what they're looking for. And that's normally what you have at home. Correct. Is structure. Right? And if there is no structure, yeah, they go looking for it. And they belong. Yeah. Something they to belong to. Belonging right? when they're in a gang. Yeah, that's their family. Right? One thing that, that uh, I can hear. I can hear. Well, all right. One thing that really uh, came home to me, I'm sure you with you too, because you took the same course. With Real men with uh, mm -hmm. Evan Cole mm -hmm. is the is the is the, the the issue of how many men really because of their relationship with their dad was so poor or they didn't have one that it really just crippled them almost for life. You know, right. they, they were not until they got, until they got to the point where they accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Mm -hmm. That changed morale. Up until that point, though, they were they angry. Were, they, they, were, they, they, were, they, they never could be the man that their wives wanted them to be because here again, they, they didn't have anyone. Yeah, to they had no idea them. how to. No, they, 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 there was no floor plan for them to right. follow. Right. No example. Right. Nothing to follow. And that's more true in blended families because yes. the boys are struggling. Mm -hmm. You know, who's this man that's now here in my house and, and telling me what to do? You know, I don't, I didn't trust my birth, my dad. And then now this man comes in, he's telling me this, he's telling me that. Like when you came into our, our house, Larry, um, you just said, let me find out what they like to do. And to my, like my son, what are you interested in instead of you saying, okay, I want to go fishing, so you're going to learn how to fish today. You didn't do that. You asked my son, who was 14, what do you like to do? And then you and him went and played guitars or went and played basketball and stuff like that. Men don't take the time to do that, not your average man. Hopefully, the teaching, this teaching will teach the men that are new stepdads, new step-grandparents. Uh, step this is how you relate to the kids, because in the past they've not had a good relationship or anybody they can trust. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And they want that. They crave that. They need that like we all do. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's really important. It's like... And I can't say any names. Uh, the gentleman just spoke a while ago. They don't know what it's like. It's been yeah. broken homes one after another. Yeah. And one of the other things they, they taught in that curriculum was the fact that so many of these guys, especially, that come from a broken home without a dad end up in prison. Right. right. Uh, 70, 80% or yeah. some, some yeah. big number. Right. It's high. It's right. very high. So, you know... It, it is a blessing that God wants us to have to be good parents, good grandparents, provide the structure, provide the love, no matter whose kid it is. That's right. You know, because it's his kid. Right. 
That's right. right. They're all God's children, and they're all gifts. Every one of them. Right. So that that page was all about the blessing of having kids, right? So or being a parent. And the the takeaway from that one was just the kids are God's kids, and you're the stewards. You they, you don't own them; they're not your property. Uh, this is more about the training, teaching, correction, discipline, and punishment. Uh, I think it's this is lesson seven. I believe it's lesson nine. We we talk a little bit more about those different steps as steps of teaching. But uh, anyway, this is you know setting boundaries, reinforcing the boundaries, uh, breaking bad behavior, bad habits, and creating new ones, and then enforcing the penalties for bad behavior. That's those. It's kind of those steps. Uh, oh yeah, here it is. Twenty-two-six Proverbs. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And you know, like I said, I, I never used to think about the old old part but I think they put that you know they put it in there for a reason most of us depart you know we, we go to church as kids if we're lucky uh, but you know by the time we kind of get out on our own we kind of turn away from all that and at some point we come to the end of the rope and something happens and it's like we have nowhere else to go but God right because at least we got it in us early. It stays in there. We can hide it. We can put it down. But it's still there. So when he's old, he will not depart from it. So we have hope <laughs> that our kids will at some point. <laughs> I'm hoping. Yeah. So we, we still have hope. Uh Twenty-two, fifteen. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. That is really tough today. Kids will call CPS on you, and you'll be the one in trouble, right? They'll say something to a teacher. The teacher calls CPS. CPS. Well, sometimes, yeah, but. We hear a lot of stories about the teachers getting involved. The kid will say, or the teacher will see something like a, maybe a bruise or something on a kid, and without even talking to the kid, we'll just call CPS. Right. You know, that is so wrong. Yeah, it, it is. And the, the thing here is, foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. They're born that way, <laughs> but you're supposed to beat it out of them. <laughs> Don't spare them. I mean, that's what it says. Right? The rod of correction. Right? Like I said a minute ago, in my house we had the board of education. Because my mom was a teacher. (laughs) So we had the board of education, had my name on it, had holes in it, so there was less air resistance, you know, (laughs) things like that. But it's, see, so many parents think kids are innocent, they learn bad behavior. It's in there to start with. Yeah. You don't have to teach them to lie. You don't have to teach them to do bad things. It's in there. And our job is to get it out of them somehow <laughs> without killing them. Yeah. Now, speaking of that, the next one, 2313, withhold not correction from the child, for if you beat him with the rod, he shall not die. There you go. <laughs> but again, in today's culture, it's really tough to be able to do that yes. because of the, the way the legal system is nowadays. You know? Or some people just don't know how to have self-control. Oh, yeah. You know, they're just yeah. we, beating uh, kids senseless. Yeah, and... I was just going to say, my father had a... We had a willow tree in the back of oh. Oh, God, I hear that too. And there's nothing that stings worse than a green switch from a willow tree. Yeah. And Sorry. I made a mistake once of joking about because my full skirt, I, I didn't forgive it. 
right? He didn't care how old I was. My skirt got pulled up and I felt it. Did you have to go get the switch yourself? Oh, yes. That's the point. And if you we have brought to... one in that wasn't green and, and <laughs> enough switch to it, you had to go back and, and get, get a better one. one. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I said, we had to paddle, you know. Well, I know one time when we were taking care of the grandkids, um, this, and, and this is my daughter, that they lived in Pennsylvania, so they didn't get to see us, the grandkids, all the time. Every year, or every other year, I guess, we would go up there for around the holidays. But this time we were up there in the summer uh, because our daughter and her husband wanted to go on vacation. And so we went up there, and there were two grandsons. And the young one was, I think he was about, about five. Five or six, yeah. And we told them, if you be good, we're going to uh, have, we'll go get pizza and we'll go to a movie. Well, the young one was acting up like crazy, yelling, screaming, throwing things and everything. So I said, okay, in the corner, in the corner. So he goes over in the corner and he's got cowboy boots underneath and they live in an, half of an old farmhouse up yeah, there. With wood floors. Yeah, wood floors. And he's stomping his boots like crazy. And I said, okay, first stop, turn around and face the corner not just look at me, face the corner. I thought that would stop the boots. No. He did not. He kept going faster and louder and louder. And Larry's in the other room with the older grandson on the computer. And he doesn't hear anything until the younger one really gets stomping on the floor. And Larry comes in the kitchen, what's going on? I says, he's acting up. So I sent him to the corner and so, <laughs> Larry went over there and Larry took the boots off. And the kid's still stomping and then he realized it hurt just stomping that floor with no boots on. I would never have thought of it. It was so cool and he was like, oh my, you know, this really hurt me. So then he comes down, of course, he didn't have a choice because it was hurting his feet. And so then he, um, he, he kind of goes to the side and he says, okay, Grandma, I'm good now. Can we go and have pizza into the movies? I said, no, you can't. Why? I'm good now. I said, that's it. You're good now. We'll see how you are tomorrow. You didn't do what I asked you to do today, so we are not going to do that. We'll try again tomorrow. <laughs> and he remembered that, but I mean, that little, how he even thought how it was going to echo like that. Was crazy, and how you thought to take the boots off was that was, that was kind of that was an easy one for me. I didn't even think it. Was easy. But then I guess it was probably like the next time we went. Oh yeah. They like after a day or two, it's like, oh yeah, you're the grandparents that make us mind. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what <they> <laughs> Took a little bit. Yeah. But, oh yeah, you make us do things. Yeah, because there are other grandparents. They didn't want them to, you know, they want them to do yeah. whatever they want. So, <laughs> anyway, so what we've seen here so far is we have to train the children. Foolishness is built in from day one. And it's our job to try to get rid of that somehow. Uh, and culture is preventing us from doing a lot of what we are told to do in the Word. You know, if you beat the kid with the rod, he shall not die, right? But you think so? He well, that's the he needs to think so. Yeah. You know he's not. Hopefully, you don't hit him that hard. Now, when I would experience the board of education, my parents uh, never used it because they were angry. Yeah, they never executed the punishment in anger. It was always very important. There was always a you know couple hour delay in sentencing to <laughs> execution. Uh, you waited your dad yet, so. <laughs> right. And then my dad would always lie to me and say, "Now this is going to hurt me more than it is you." Right. And then whack whack, maybe or another whack, but. Almost always, my mom and dad were right there together. They were together. Right, and not mad. And not mad. They weren't angry. They were disappointed. Mm -hmm. 
because I did something I wasn't supposed to do. And she pointed that out to you. And you know they would now remember we had we the rule was mm -hmm. so they would remind me what the rule was, mm -hmm. and you broke it. So here's the consequence. You know we still love you, but you screwed up. Right. And you know Dad would do the execution of the the penalty, but my mom would usually be there to you know pick me up, hug me, and reiterate you know how much they love me please don't do this again or else you know those kind of things but it's so important and Kenyatta was kind of getting there that too many parents execute the punishment without ever really establishing any boundaries right, the kid doesn't know right? They, why he's getting hit we, we, we have a staircase thing and you know teaching is the first step that's setting the boundaries Right? The correction is reinforcing the boundaries. You teach, you set them loose, catch them when they go across the boundary, and you know, you don't maybe whack them the first time, but you warn them. You know, maybe two warnings, and then the third time, whap. <laughs> right? Yeah. Three strikes, you're out. Somewhere, somewhere <laughs> in Proverbs, I think it says that the uh, that discipline is actually a form of love. Yeah. Yes. Well, God chastens those that he loves, yeah. right? So if you're not being chastened by God, you need to check and make sure which family you're in. Right. Um, so anyway, train up the kid. He's going to do stupid stuff, and it's our job to train them in the way they should go. Proverbs 4.1, Hear ye children the instruction of the Father and attend to no understanding. So... A father's job is to explain why the boundaries are what they are. Because if it's just because I said so, <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. Now, but if you explain and give the kid understanding of why the boundary is what it is, at least they'll have a better, better judgment and... Do I do this or not? Uh, well, I understand if I do this, then this will happen. It's not, well, if I do this, my dad will get mad and he'll hit me. That, you know, that's not good. And part of, part of the teaching is explaining why the boundaries are what they are. I mean, that's, that's why we have God's word. It sets the boundaries for us. And... It's like the boundaries, anything inside the box is okay. It's when you get outside the boundaries that you have issues. And there will be penalties and uh, consequences for getting outside the boundaries. The word of God is all about the freedom that's inside the box. <clears throat> Proverbs 5, 7, similar Hear me now, O ye children, and depart not from the words of my mouth. So the wise child listens to the father. You know, the father's supposed to be prophet, priest, and king. He's supposed to be setting the government right, in the household <clears throat> and enforcing it. Um, you know, at least in, in my house, my parents were most definitely in agreement on boundaries. There was never a way I was going to get out of anything. <laughs> you know, whatever it was, if mom caught me doing something, well, your dad gets home. And then, oh, crap. You know, I'd have to sit in my room looking out the window waiting for the car to be coming down the road. <laughs> oh, no. Here it comes. <laughs> it was the waiting. We get it twice. Well, yeah. Or three times. A neighbor gets you. <laughs> right? You know, and they would do some stuff. Yep. And then your mom was home. And they did it. You, yeah. You wait till your dad gets there. Now you're going to really get it. Yeah. Then you got to walk and get your own switch. Yeah. <laughs> and come back. Well, Man, that trip back was really hard. <laughs> yeah. Or that, that sound of a belt coming out. Oh. You know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so my yeah, mom was a school teacher, so if I ever got in trouble at school and ever had. And I never did, but because of this, you know, there was no way I was going to the principal's office. And, you know, if I did anything in school that would ever deserve any wax, 
I'd get at least that many when I got home. And that's just the way it was, you know. The teachers had the respect of everybody. Different times now they don't. Now. Yeah, different you know, times the now. Parents would take the side of the teacher. Back in those days. If the teacher said, your kid screwed up, you would do something with your kid. Nowadays, the teacher says something about your kid, you chew the teacher out. Or change schools. Or go to a different school. Yeah. It's, it's all upside down, backwards. Yeah, get the yeah. teacher fired. Yeah. yeah that's true. It, it's crazy. Right now, the, the, the laws, you take a child that that's, has a discipline problem, what they do, they'll, they'll make they'll make concessions to him, to the child mm-hmm. that's just mm-hmm. because they don't want him to feel uh, uh, as, a, as being an outcast. Or right. Whatever. We don't want to interfere with his his uh, psyche as far as <laughs> how he looks at himself. So yeah, we, we don't want him to do that and, and 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 not do anything to him. Yeah, we don't want no consequences for his bad behavior. Right. We don't want to have bad self-esteem. Right. Self-esteem. <laughs> So, yeah, it's all backward, which is what Satan wants, right. right? He turns everything upside down, inside out, backwards from what God wants it. Right. And that's why we really need to be very much aware of marriage in particular, life in general being spiritual warfare. Satan is looking for who he can kill, steal, and destroy, yeah. right? Always. So we just have to be aware of it and be uh, have that understanding that there is resistance out there. So it's not all going to be a piece of cake. We have to do the work. Um, 724 is basically the same thing as 57. Uh, 832 is very similar. Therefore, hearken unto me, children, for blessed are they that keep my ways. So those that stay inside the box, and we're always told, think outside the box. Right. But stay inside of God's box. There's all kind of unusual things that can happen inside God's box. You know, I mean, just be careful which box you're getting outside of. Um, But children are blessed that keep God's ways. More blessing, less negative stuff. One of our couples, uh, he's, he's very consistent in putting on the armor of God every day. And he always brings up the point that I have no idea of the things that didn't happen. The bad things that did not happen. Because he had his armor on. Things that could have. But they didn't. Right? And we'll never know what didn't happen. Well, I had that, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Friday night, that happened. Um, I was supposed to be at a Bible study Friday night, and uh, for some reason, one of the workers that were at our house working, his wife was running late that night, and Normally I'm getting hyper and you know, I'll drop you off or do something. But that night I had a piece over me just to stay put. And so finally I got on the highway to get over there to it. And right in front of me, had I been two minutes before that, I would have been involved in this major crash with a motorcycle and five other cars. And, and you know, I seen one roll over and crushed it and it had a baby in it. It was bad, but God stopped it. Yeah, that's that that covering. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's the stuff that didn't happen. Yeah, it was a blessing. Yeah, we need to kind of be aware of some of those things. You know, just you know, thank God that wasn't me. Right. You know, um, just uh, minutes. Yeah, I mean, not even seconds actually. Yeah. I'm witnessing it. Uh, This last part is, well done, good and faithful servant. This is the parent's legacy. You know, that's the one thing we really want to hear when we get to heaven is, well done, good and faithful servant. Yes. Mm -hmm. The one thing you don't want to hear is, 
depart from me, I never knew you. There's no second chances. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's one or the other, you know, it's, uh, and, you know, everybody kind of jokes about it, but, you know, there's those who have been very, very active in the kingdom, doing a lot of good works. You know, there's supposed to be many mansions in heaven, but then there's that guy that slides in and smells like smoke right at the end. He still made it, but just <laughs> by that much. So, you know, that, that last breath kind of, kind of guy. Uh, okay, so we're talking about legacy. We've talked about the blessings. We've talked about the duties of parenting. And now this is the legacy. Uh, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make thee ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of thy Lord. So we will have jobs. Some will, have, some will be generals. Some will be privates. Depends. Right? Still a job. Right? Uh, 27. The just man walks in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. So sort of as it mentioned before, the man that is an upright citizen creates a good name for his family. That, that family name is a good name. And his children are blessed after him. So if he's maybe a successful businessman or a good pastor or, you know, something like that, his children will be blessed. But again, the opposite is also true. Correct. The guy that's the, the adulterer, the drunkard, the, you know, whatever, that's more of a curse on his children. It carries on generationally. And it's a generational thing, yeah. Uh, what, third and fourth generations, right? Yes. And I guess by the fifth one, people kind of forgot what happened Why? before. Right. But it also can change the DNA structure. Oh, sure. Yeah. In a human being. True. It's, it's really yeah. It don't have to be that way, though, Larry. No, you don't. No, it doesn't have to. Generational. No, well, yeah. If, if people do the right kind of forgiveness of parents. Correct. That... Kind of do, I never puts wanted to treat my children the way my father treated me, mm-hmm. mostly because my sister was gone and my brother had been killed by a drunk driver, and and dad took everything out on me. Yeah, right. Which was a lot, and and I never wanted to do my children that way. Sure. Right. Yeah. And my oldest son, he he will still tell you. When we saw that look in mom's eye, we knew we were in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, and, you know, in the class on forgiveness, which is lesson 10 Mm -hmm. in this class, um, we talk about the generational curses, but kind of what's happening is, like, me would be wounded by my dad or my mom, or, you know, they said something, you'll never amount to anything, or you're you're this or you're that, you know, that kind of sticks. Well, if I never forgave them for that, now I'm married, I have kids, my kids will know, well, you never forgave your dad for whatever, or mom, and then you've hurt your kids, because we all do that, right? Then, well, because I didn't forgive mine, they're not going to forgive me. And then... They're going to have kids, and their kids won't forgive them because they didn't forgive me. But the thing is, for me to be wise enough to go to the kids and say, hey, I really screwed up, you know, you, me, and your mom, we didn't do the right things, we hurt you, you know, we're sorry, you know, please forgive us, that kind of puts an end to the generational part of the curse, at least. Because you've just opened up you know, allow them to work with a clean sheet of paper and not carry the grudge. So, um, okay, so the guy, the man that walks in his integrity creates a good name, creates a good legacy, you know, and the, the children are blessed because of what he did, the good name. Uh, a good man leaves an inheritance to his grandchildren, 
the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. Um, still waiting for the second part of that. But, <laughs> you know, it's, we are blessed. We have, you know, grandchildren that are way more successful at stuff than we are. But I don't know how much of that is because, you know, we turned our lives around at a certain point. Uh, we weren't doing all the right stuff for a long time, but eventually we did, right? So we got the when we were old part right, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, we, and then we got it. But the older daughter especially, even the younger one is doing a good job with her kids. Uh, but the older one had a lot of rules. You know, they, the kids had a lot of freedom, but they had a short leash too. So, and, you know, those, that, that discipline carried on even when they were, you know, teenagers and young adults and all that kind of stuff. And now, you know, they're, they're 26 and 35 now. Yeah, yeah, yeah he'll, they'll be, wonderful. what day is this? 11th? Yeah. 16th, he'll be 35. The older one, yes. And he's, he's doing ex exceptionally yeah. well. Um. Proverbs 31, this is uh, the godly mom, the godly wife. Her children rise up and call her blessed because she's godly. Her children call her blessed. Her husband does also. And he praises her. Right? That's one of the things husbands are supposed to do is praise the wife. Right? Love your wife as Christ loved the church, his bride. He died for her. Now, it, it's really not part of this, but a parent, parent, parent's legacy, you know, the, the, the wife, the mom, one of the things it talks about in Proverbs 31 is how she has like this business on the side. She's doing the home stuff, but she's a businesswoman. Mm -hmm. She's bringing income in. You know, it's not just sitting around eating bonbons, you know, <laughs> chasing the kid around, changing the diaper once in a while. She's working. She's helping the family, right? And there's all kind of blessings for that. Um, Ten one, the Proverbs of Solomon, a wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish son is the heaviness of his mother. Uh, we've been there, done that, right? We have you know, two daughters that are doing well, but the son, not so much. And I know how heavy that is on your heart because you love your kid, right? But... I wouldn't go so far as to say he's foolish, but he has made some bad decisions over well, the years. His is mostly unforgiveness. Well, and that's, yeah. It's not that he... He knows it, better. He knows better. He does. But it, it's a forgiveness issue that... Well, actually, it's an unforgiveness issue that's almost 50 years old. Hmm. He's almost 50. Yeah. And it happened 50 years ago, but he's still holding on to it. But he's... Eating himself up inside. Yeah. Uh, he's not doing himself any good or anyone else. Uh, and at this time, he's cut himself off from the whole family. Yeah. And from God, which is the biggest mistake of all. Yeah. But that's his choice. And I have to give it to God, which I have three or four years ago. Whatever God's will for him, it's hard to do as a mom, let me tell you. But I have no choice. Yeah. Now, this is the wise son makes a glad father. So when a father has done a good job training him up as well on the way he should go, the father can be proud of the kid. Right? It goes both ways. The father is proud of a good son that makes good decisions, but the son is also getting blessed because his father has got a, made a good name. Right, so that it goes both ways, um, but again, the foolish one, the one who didn't listen, you know, the prodigal <laughs> that goes out, blows the fortune. The mother is the one that really hurts the most. The father's not so happy either, but the mom really that really weighs on her heart. Uh, Again, we're talking legacy. 
The memory of the just is blessed, but the name of the wicked shall rot. There's a story of two different families, uh, and I, I don't remember the names, but one, there was all kind of doctors, you know, very you know, professional people, senators, you know, different kinds, and it was, and they were more godly, right? And there's like 300 of them over several generations. And then there's the other one, most of them were drunkards, prostitutes, you know, ungodly, right? And, like, nobody remembers them, but there were maybe a hundred of them. And then it, they just kind of died out. But the name goes away at some point. Whereas the, the godly, that name carries on. And then one of the last one, the wise shall inherit glory, the shame shall be the promotion of fools. So 